everybody, before we get into today's episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Precision Pro Golf. No Laying Up is brought to you by Precision Pro Golf. As the weather turns warmer, it's time to start thinking about your golf goals for this year. Is it to reach a lower handicap, hit more greens and regulation, or simply to have more fun? Personally, I have two golf goals, one to hit a third of my greens in regulation and to make more birdies than I did last year. Whatever your goal is, Precision Pro can help. They have the smartest rangefinder in the game and the R1 Smart Rangefinder or their best-selling rangefinder, the NX9 Slope. There's also the all-new Ace Smart Speaker that provides audible GPS distances to the green and serves as your personal DJ during the round. Precision Pro offers a one-of-a-kind mixture of innovative technology, premium quality products, and industry-leading customer service. You'll never second-guess adding a Precision Pro golf product to your bag, and you'll never second-guess your distance. Listeners, receive $20 off their award-winning rangefinders. Go to precisionprogolf.com. That's precisionprogolf.com. Use the coupon code NOLAYINGUP, all one word, NOLAYINGUP at checkout, and get the $20 off their award-winning rangefinders. This year, measure improvement, not just distance, with Precision Pro Golf. Thank them for sponsoring the Trap Draw, and now on to today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Trap Draw Podcast. My name is Randy. This is a special one. This is our third annual Oscars pod and uh, our usual cast of characters. Well, we have DJ Pie back. Let me introduce you right now, Mr. Piehowski. DJ, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great. One of my favorite days of the year. It's becoming, uh, you know, we've already, before we've even hit record, a lot of laughs, a lot of uh, fake insights. Just can't wait to get into it. Amen to that. Mine as well. But we have a new third monkey in the booth this year because Neil, our, our usual third partner, is off enjoying his honeymoon in Argentina. So we scrambled to find a replacement. We, we put out the bat signal. And who do we get? Mr. Timothy Simons, celebrity movie star himself, has graced us with his presence. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for coming back on the Trap Draw. How are you today? I am uh, I am doing great. I've really been looking forward to this. Uh, I cleared my schedule. I made sure it would work. I'm just I'm so excited. Long time, long time, second time. Guys, it can't be more excited. And filling big shoes with Neil. You're now a professional podcaster as well. So yeah, but, good to I, have I, you on. You know, now that you've been in the business for a while. I and I I know how hard it can be being uh being on this side of being now being on the professional podcasting side of it I I I feel like I have an insight into how just how hard it is I'm not and that's like not actually a joke this is super hard and it really makes me appreciate what you guys do all the more I want to start out by saying I'm gonna fucking derail this thing (laughs) (laughs) this bitch is gonna be four hours long you're gonna have to release it in two parts. It, my goal is to lose the trap draw listeners. I want you to actively 
purge subscribers <laughs> because of this. God, what a good goal. You know, honestly, if I if I'm if if you put me on the couch and shot me with true serum, I think that sometimes that's my own goal. Uh <laughs> is, is to see if, if we could shed subscribers. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Tim, why don't pr- promote any any works or social media? Why let's let's promote anything you want to promote right now. I love that you're doing this up front. Um no, that's uh, okay. So the things I feel like I should say uh, up upcoming work. Uh, I am in a, a show that I think is going to be coming out. Well, might even be announced when it's coming out uh, as we are recording this. Um, but I think that uh, coming out May, I'm going to be doing um, uh, a five part uh, limited series on Hulu called Candy. It's like a true crime limited series that based off of like a suburban Texas church lady axe murder. Oh, okay. uh, so that comes out, I think, in May on Hulu. I'm going to be in a movie called Don't Worry, Darling uh, with uh, Florence Pugh and uh, uh, Harry Styles, directed by Olivia Wilde later on this year. Oof. And Rio there, <laughs> Florence Pugh, maybe, <laughs> the, maybe the darling, darling uh, of last year's Oscars pod. I, yes. I am going to I'm going to go ahead and tell you I'm this, and I say this. This is not I, I am 100 percent serious about this. I think she's the best actress working today. Watching watching her up close is stunning. Like I I can't tell you how good she is. Um, And I was a fan of hers before working on that job. And now I'm just a fan of hers forever. Um, I am also doing a Veep. I was on a show called Veep. It's a political satire that was on HBO, which is, I think, how we all met um, because of golf Twitter and because I was on that show. And uh, I'm doing a rewatch podcast with uh, Matt Walsh called Second in Command, where we go through and kind of comedy nerd out about uh, behind the scenes like stuff of the show. We recap each individual episode. We talk about how the episodes were made. And uh, and then we get, you know, special guests on to talk about their experiences as well. That's awesome. Uh, And I'll just throw in one more. You appear in a few episodes, but the Station Eleven miniseries um, that I recently completed uh, on HBO was just fantastic. One of the highlights of the the small screen for me uh, watching that series. So congrats on on that project as well. Thank you. What was, that your, one, what was your biggest? I feel like that had a, a massive uh, amount of critical acclaim, a lot of, you know, just buzz people talking about it. What was, you know, we've talked about it a bit, but what, watching those episodes come out, what was kind of your biggest takeaway from Station Eleven? Obviously, we'll get into a lot of movie stuff uh, for the rest of this podcast, but kind of wanted to start there. Oh, man. my I, And I say this at like I was on the show for a couple episodes. And so I, 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 I want to like put a caveat on this that like, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm complimenting my own work when I say this, because I loved the show so much. I feel like I was only in and out. I wasn't a major part of it. So I feel more like a viewer than I was, uh, than I am a participant, if that makes sense. I just, I am somebody who processes everything through a lens through a, 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 a comedic lens. And it was one of the things that I loved about the show was that this is a tragedy beyond all comprehension and still had some of the funniest moments because no matter what humans, no matter what situation you are in, and, and me personally, I know I do this, like I will try to find a way to laugh. I will try to find a way to tell a joke just to like, because even the bad ones you can laugh at. And I think that the show did that incredibly well. There were just like the level of 
the level of humor that they found. Uh, the thing that I always go back to is when young, uh, young Kirsten asks Frank if he wants to be in her play. And Frank asks, who else is in it? <laughs> There's one other person in the entire world for them. And he asks, who else is in it? Uh, I I just there's something about that there's something about how beautiful that show was not only in the importance of art and in even in tragedy but just like the simple like the simple beauty of like a funny moment in the face of the darkest in the face of like the darkest wave coming at you we we might need to do a whole perfect club kind of book club slash rewatch episode about station 11 because the book was absolutely phenomenal. It's one of my favorite books I've read in the last couple of years. And I actually thought the series was better, which is an unbelievable compliment. And Tim, I promise I'm not fluffing you because you're here. Uh, but I'm unfortunately already on record saying it's one of the best things I've already I've ever seen. So I needed to kind of stay consistent with that, with that take. No, I honestly, I mean, like again, I don't want to say I don't want this to sound weird because I was in it, but it kind of is one of the best things <laughs> I've ever seen, too. Like I I just I don't it. I have God damn it just made me so happy. It made me so and I remember so uh, the guy that made it is a friend of mine from Los Angeles and we 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 kind of go back years and years now. And I remember when he first told me about it and he was asking if I wanted to come on and play this character and he said this amazing thing and I was a big fan of the book. Uh, I was a big fan of the book as as well. Um uh hold on one second. There we go. More more movie offers coming in, I think. Yeah, oh God, I just can't. I can't, guys, I just want to have some time. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, just you know, some me time, just to focus on the family. Um, the uh, he was saying he was like he said this thing, which was like if you kill if you kill ninety nine point nine percent of the world in the first episode of the show you don't owe the audience more pain you owe them joy and he seemed to take that tack throughout the entire thing like you yes this is a terrible thing but you owe the audience joy like it was a somehow it was a joyous thing it was a joyous piece of art that somehow made it into the mainstream and i i i loved it I don't think I've laughed harder in 2022, including all the excellent movies that we're going to talk about than the scene of uh, Jeevan sitting in his wheelchair with the party hat on while mm-hmm. all the uh, pregnant or recently having given birth ladies are dancing to TLC in slow motion. Yep. It's just, a, I mean, what a, what a cornucopia of emotions, uh, chiefly loud, loud laughter and happiness among oh. them. Good stuff. Thank it- you. I appreciate it. And the the score too. I think one of the things that really stuck with me was uh, how the whole show was scored. The the music with it was um, at times like haunting, but then into like very beautiful. I, I don't know that that was one thing that really stuck with me. I wanted to ask you though, Tim. Yeah. You know, you have those golf clubs with you. Did you pick out those golf? Was that a comedic thing to try to get like the shittiest set of golf clubs possible for that scene or what? No, it wasn't. It was, I mean, it really, the, that was pre-written. It was, that was not something that I put in. That was just something that was happening. I will say that scene with the golf clubs was shot in January of 2020. So we were about two months out from actually living through a real pandemic. And 
in like the real pandemic, I, uh, I would say, I would say that I was very Phelpsian and that I was like trying to ignore it by playing golf. And, uh, uh, so no, they were shitty golf clubs because ultimately nobody cares. And, and like, it was the first thing I thought up. I was like, these are shitty golf clubs. And they made me wear them on my right shoulder, yes. uh, for the frame and not where I would normally carry them on my left. And I was so annoyed at that because people don't care about like, they, they're just like, nobody cares about golf. And I get that. I get that. So I have to sort of temper my own golf knowledge against that. Can I tell you that the loop actually played a fair amount of, uh, space in like the thought process beyond the character or with the actual character. Did I ever tell you that? No, no. So the loop, it plays backwards to forward or you can play it both ways. And I remember listening to an interview with, it was Doke that designed it, right? That's right. That the reason that the guy that funded it wanted to uh, liked the idea is that he came up, he was like in a shipping world. He like, he had like a fleet of, trucks so like his whole thing was you want to ship you want to carry a load across the country but in order to maximize earning potential you also want to be able to pick up a like another shipping container or whatever on the other side of country and drive it back so that's why the loop part of it was intriguing to the guy that was funding the course so you have and the fact that jim phelps would go play golf Again, this is me derailing this fucking podcast. I'm going to lose you so many listeners. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> so the fact that Phelps was so excited about golf is because it was something that that he did. Oh, wait, sorry. No, fuck. So <laughs> sorry, I, I wasn't planning on telling the story. So I'm, I'm hazy on some of the details because it was a while ago. So you have Jim Phelps's father was a trucker. And so the reason that Jim Phelps got into logistics is because if you can create a better and more efficient path for goods to be shipped and received, that gets his father back to him quicker. Ah, and there you go. That is, that is, and like that, and just to tie it all into the golf thing of like why golf makes sense to him is that there is a specific route of like everything that Jim Phelps did was like, there is a specific route that things can take. And if you do it correctly, everything goes better. So anyway, that was my thought about how the loop specifically related to that show and then golf and trying to tie it all together. You know what I mean? Mahalo. Yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah, but I did notice there were no head covers on your on your woods. On your, <laughs> well, I mean, they were probably rentals. He's set. in Malaysia. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I like I mentioned at the top, ostensibly this is a uh, an Oscars podcast, and uh, and and it is. I we we have all at, at a bare minimum, just as a quick agenda rundown, we have all watched the ten best picture nominees this year. Um, so that's going to be a large part of the discussion is going through those movies. I'll say that it's probably going to be spoilers. So, um, if you haven't watched these movies, uh, I'll, I'll break out where we discuss each one in the show notes. So feel free to either skip around or, or even save this episode until you have seen certain movies. But, um, when we do get there, uh, most likely will be some some heavy spoilers. Uh, in addition to that, before we really dive into the 10 best picture uh, films, 
we got some some questions uh, that we're all going to answer. Th- these are going to range outside of just the best picture films. And um, yeah, I think I'm most excited, guys. Just hearing we've we've tried to stray a little bit from back channeling like what we really like and don't like. And so I'm I'm really curious where what what films are going to be your favorites, what you didn't like. I think uh, it'll be interesting if we can come to a consensus on what we think should be the the selection for best picture. So anything to add before I, before I pop the first question for us? No, I think I, I would maybe just head this off at, at the pass a little bit. I feel a little self-conscious. I feel a little like the kid who didn't study for the test as well as he maybe should have. Uh, although now speaking with you guys before we hit record, it sounds like maybe you all are in the same boat a little bit as well. I just didn't watch as many movies this year. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of reasons for that. I think part of it, honestly, stemming back to our Station Eleven conversation, I think I watched a ton. Uh, I I dove deeper into a ton of TV series. You know, Succession, Succession rewatches, Squid Game, Station Eleven. There's just there's a lot of lengthy lengthy TV that I watched this year. Probably instead of going to the movies, and and even still, you know, kind of first part of last year, it was tough to actually get in theaters to to watch stuff. And so I, I feel pretty self conscious, especially when we get into some of these best actor, best actress categories. It's, it's, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of holes. So I want to be very hand up on that. Uh, I'm coming at this from a very limited perspective. Uh, so there's probably a lot of awesome stuff that I missed out on. No offense to anybody. Uh, but listen, we're just, we're, we're doing the best we can here. I would go, I would agree with that in that I have, I have not seen a lot of them. It was like, I think when you asked me to come on, I realized I had seen maybe two of the 10, uh, two of the 10 best picture nominees. Uh, and I have been watching a lot of movies, but I've been on a kick of going back and trying to rewatch movies that I haven't seen in a really long time or watch classics that I should have seen by now. So I have spent a lot of time watching movies, but weirdly not watching a lot of modern ones. So I would also throw that in. Also, I would put the caveat on this that I am extremely stupid and uh, don't know anything. So I, I work in the industry, but also I'm very dumb and I'm going to say a bunch of wrong shit. You wouldn't fancy yourself a film expert like myself and Randy. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, I'm here to learn. Yeah. DJ, you told me he was going to be a good guest for this. I know. I thought he would. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll talk I about said he had a microphone. No, I said he had a microphone because he's doing a podcast now. All right. Well, I will talk to you. I couldn't even get that to work. When like, we started. Honestly, I just found out this way. He wasn't even in any of the best picture. nominees. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll talk later about this. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, that's that's well said. Uh, like I said, we we all have at least seen the ten best picture films, and then um, we'll augment it with what we have or have not seen around some of these other discussions. So let's start though. I think number one is a good segue. Question number one, and it's uh, how, where do you place this? I'm going to call it the 2021 crop, right? These these are mainly movies that were released in 2021, even though the Oscars, the, this awards show is taking place in 2022. It's kind of like the NFL with the Super Bowl being kind of the year after the season. Uh, so I'm going to call them, where do you place this 2021 crop of best picture films amongst the recent years? Um, I think I was more curious, DJ, this is our third time doing this podcast. So I have... Very good knowledge, at least going back to like 2019. Uh, Tim, you know, your, your mileage may vary a little bit, uh, but but how do you think this year's crop relates to prior years? I would say 
you know, I'm, I'm with you. My, my depth of knowledge, you know, gets a lot better over the last three years in that question. But I think it's a pretty comfy uh, third best of the last three years for me. I, I think it's, I'm not wildly excited about too many of the best picture nominees. And obviously we'll get into that conversation, but I, I think it's kind of interesting to look at the list and just like be very candid about, Hey, which, which one of these would you want to go watch again? And I'll, I'll put a hand up that I haven't seen any of them twice. Usually I like to try to see all of them, you know, twice to have a little better conversation about it. And uh, that wasn't the case for both from a time perspective and just didn't have a lot of time to get to a lot of them twice, but also, uh, well, some of them are eight hours long, which is a whole other conversation, <laughs> but uh, also I just, I wasn't really drawn to watching a ton of them twice. And I think it really, really, really speaks to uh, just how good it was in like 2020, right? 2019, 2020, some of those years having, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood, Parasite, all these movies that I'm like, oh my God, I want to watch that 15 times. Uh, I, did, I didn't, didn't have the same reaction this year. That's well said. I completely agree with you. And, and I think that's a little validating for me because I go back to that initial year that we started this podcast, which was uh, 20, what, 2020. So 2019 yeah. films. And can I, can I read the 2020 nominees for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will help. Yeah. I, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Little Women, Ford versus Ferrari, Parasite, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, The Irishman, Marriage Story, which is, listen, that's that's a heavyweight lineup. I think I enjoyed watching like every one of those, you know, for sure. The Jojo Rabbit dialogue. We don't need to relitigate, but at least <laughs> I enjoyed watching. I, would, I put that ahead of a number of the movies I watched this year. And I thought last year's was a little weaker. And I chalk some of that up to maybe some COVID stuff. And, and maybe that bleeds over into this year as well. But I, I am like right here last year's. Yeah, go ahead and read last year's Sound of Metal. Promising Young Woman, Trial of the Chicago 7, Mank, The Father, Nomadland, Minari, and Judas and the Black Messiah. Which, again, yeah. feels like a bit of a step down from 2020, but a, a pretty hefty step up from this year, I would think. And I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for that. I'm sure, you know, I didn't know if, if this year would be kind of like, hey, we're delaying all the really good stuff from COVID until people can get back in theaters, or if it was going to be, hey, COVID's been going on, so we haven't been able to make as many good things. Tim, I don't know if you have any kind of perspective on on that side of things, but uh, it, it kind of seemed like it fell more in the, the latter camp, I guess. I think, I think I'm not exactly sure. Like I just as a, I don't know what movie we're going to talk about first, but like when it comes to Belfast, as I was watching that, that seemed to me like a movie that was made during COVID only and that you saw like limited, like limited cast. You kind of felt that the 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 world of the movie was pretty small in that it, maybe that was on purpose. Maybe they didn't film it during COVID, but I do feel like also this was a year, again, don't quote me on this. I'm very stupid, but I believe there was an edict from the Academy that said you have to nominate 10 movies. I think mm -hmm. in previous years, they only, there was like a threshold that had to clear. So I think in 2020 uh, or 2019, there was, there were nine, one, two, three, four, five, six. There were eight last year, but there are 10 this year. So that might also have something to do with like, yeah, that's fair. That essentially they, they, they took away the floor of uh, that, uh, the, the floor of, you know, the threshold that would have to be cleared to get 10 in there. But I would agree that there were a lot of these that I enjoyed. Um, but overall, comparatively to the last few years, it doesn't stick out to me. as like a, Oh my God, just like heavy hitter after heavy hitter. Uh, 
Hey everybody, Randy here. I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach and official fitness wearable of the PGA and LPGA tours. Monitor your recovery, sleep, training, and health with personalized recommendations and coaching feedback with Whoop. Train smarter, recover faster, sleep better, and now feel healthier with Whoop and their all-new Whoop 4.0, the latest, most advanced fitness wearable on the market. The all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter, and designed with new biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen, and more. The device also features a new smart alarm designed to wake you up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. Plus, it was designed with their new Anywhere technology, so you can wear it with their Whoop body sensor-enhanced technical garments. It's boxers, shorts, compression tops, bralettes, leggings, and more. Just remove the band from the device, slide it into the garment of your choice, and you're discreetly tracking your daily activity with Whoop. I want to mention the all-new Health Monitor dashboard, which gives you a big-picture look at your overall health. Monitor key metrics like heart rate, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, skin temperature, and blood oxygen levels. Plus, see improvements in irregularities and vital signs over time. This is something you can export 30-day health trends, share with your coach, trainer, physical therapist, PCP, or physician. This all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. For any members, if you have six months left of membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. And right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code NLU15 at checkout. So go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com, enter NLU15 at checkout to save 15%. Thank them very much for sponsoring the Trap Draw. And now back to our episode. I think one of the obvious things in the last year was... I was watching more movies at home, right? Mm-hmm. Taking advantage of being able to like stream some of the new releases. Again, obviously COVID plays a huge role in that. Did you guys, were you guys getting out to the theater more this year? I did. I did as much as I could. Uh, I think my first getting back to the theater, which was, uh, you know, who knows if it was because of the circumstance, but uh, I think the first movie that I saw back in the theater was Wrath of Man, the Guy Ritchie movie with yeah. Jason Statham. And I don't yeah. know if you guys have seen it. I did. It, fu- it fucking whips. Yes. It's, it's yes. so good. It's yes. so good. And I, I like it uses it uses Scott Eastwood in a way that nobody is like, just have Scott Eastwood play the worst possible guy. And it just super works. And uh, I, I, I loved how like slow and methodical it was, especially going into it. It's a Guy Ritchie movie. So I thought it was going to be very fast paced and very like cut heavy. It just, it felt like an old school crime thriller that really took its time. And I loved it. But anyway, that was like the first movie that I saw back in the movie theater. And I tried to as much as I could uh, get back in. But obviously there, there were some COVID there were some COVID related uh, issues that came up, obviously. Um, but uh, especially some of the best picture nominees, the ones that I really wanted to see, I saw in a movie theater. Like I did make the trip to go see a movie theater, go see them in a movie theater. Yeah, I was in the same boat. I tried to be pretty choosy. Uh, I'm looking, looking at the list now. I think I watched half of them in theaters and half of them at home. And I think I try to be very, very specific on like, all right, listen, like James Bond, like, yeah, I'm, I got to yeah. go see that in the theaters. Right. Batman, I got to go see that in the theaters. Uh, Dune, 
was another one that's like, yeah, no, I know it's on HBO Max, but like, come on, this is this is not meant to be watched at home. Yeah. Uh, so I felt I felt rewarded for for seeking out a lot of those because there were a lot of as I'm kind of hearing myself say this out loud and and uh, you know thinking back on it, there were a lot of like blockbusters that were absolutely worth going to see, and uh, I'm glad I did. So it was good to good to be back in that perspective. God, Wrath of Man, great pull. I'm just remembering I watched that on a plane. Uh, and and now I wish I would have like saved that experience for at least at home, if not going to the theater. Because that can I, flo- can I float something to you? Yeah, uh, please. My wife Justine and and I think I believe this stemmed from some of her coworkers as well. Have a theory that movies are that you watch on planes. You always tend to overestimate how good they are. Which, as I was thinking about, I was like, God, that that rings extremely true for me. And I, you guys obviously both travel a lot. I don't know if you if you have a similar phenomenon or if you've ever thought about that. Um, that's interesting. The last movie I watched just a couple of weeks ago on the plane was the card counter. And uh, I honestly, like, I wanted to push the door open and jump out. It was so <laughs> bad. <laughs> uh, but I think by and large, DJ, I think you're right. I, I think I tend to like at least every movie I watch on a plane. It's like, oh yeah, that was pretty good. You know, it's, it's a compelling that. conversation at, at a minimum. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I do think that being on the plane and maybe it's just because of how vulnerable you are, that uh, you are just so much more. So it's just it, it penetrates a little bit further. But I mean, like I cry every time I watch Wreck-It Ralph uh, at the end when he's saying the thing like, you know, I'm a bad guy and that's good. Like when he's doing that whole thing, when he's about to save uh, when he's about to save uh, Penelope, I cry every time. But holy shit. I watched that one time on a plane and I fucking <laughs> sobbed like openly, openly, like heaving breaths, sobbing. Like, I think you were just so much more vulnerable at 30,000 feet. And that's why I think that's right. Tend to be better. Oh my God. That's so funny. I had that exact experience this year. What was it? What were you watching? Yeah. Um, oh God. What's the, uh, I got to look it up. It was Casey Affleck. You know, Casey Affleck just is like, God, some of his movies are just like, just grief. Just like, just, just give me all the grief. I hope you didn't was watch it- Manchester by the sea on a plane. No, but it was the new one, him and Jason Siegel. Oh God. Sorry. Was, I'm it, looking ain't, up. was it ain't them body saints? No, the movie was, is our friend. I think it's streamable on Amazon. Maybe uh, it's Casey Affleck and Jason Siegel. I forget who plays the, the female lead, but they have Casey Affleck's wife and Jason Siegel's like best friend has cancer. And it just, honestly, I, I had to stop the movie mid flight because I was just, I was crying and, and, and you just look around like, God, people must think I'm like, but it's just like, I, I'm not ready for these emotions like inside a plane cabin. Um, I- I think people understand. I don't want you to be too hard on yourself because like, I do think people truly, I think people understand that level of emotion on a plane. I got emotional. I went to new Orleans for a wedding with the family last weekend and I got emotional watching the sort of later scenes in Titanic over somebody's shoulder, (laughs) like a couple rows in front of me. It got to the point, you know, when you see like the guys with the violins being like, it has been the honor of my life to play these violin tunes with you. I don't know the line. That's probably it. It's been the honor of my life to play these violin tunes with you. And uh, I like started to get emotional. I couldn't even hear it. Like they had headphones in. I was just Mm. seeing it two rows up. 
All right. Yeah. See, the more you pull this thread, the, the more interesting it gets. Now you guys yeah. know what I've been dealing with. I've been thinking about this for a year since you mentioned <laughs> Yeah. God. Yeah. If you want a good cry, I would recommend our friend. Just let it out. Well, um, thank you for sharing that, Randy. That's that's very interesting. Wouldn't I think we that coming? I, I wanted this is what I wanted. I wanted to get deep down into the core of BR on this. I wanted to I wanted to penetrate like we were 30,000 feet. I wanted to get that vulnerability, that soft underbelly. The last two times I remember crying was watching our friend and then the uh, the Ricky Gervais Netflix show I told you guys about Afterlife. I, I would cry like almost every episode. And I'm like, I don't even know if it's a good show or not, but I'm, I'm crying. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, well, I think then we, we have some consensus, you know, this year's crop of best picture films, probably, you know, top to bottom, probably a, a step down, at least over the last couple of years. Um, I, I've seen a few uh, hints of movies coming out in this coming year that make me really excited. So I guess uh, maybe, Tim, I'll, I'll start with you. W- where is your, as somebody that works in the industry, are, are you hearing of some things that have you excited? Any projects that, that you know of uh, that perhaps, you know, this time next year we'll, we'll be saying like, oh my God, this, this movie is awesome. I, I, oh God, I, I am I'm the worst person to ask about this because I, I, and I don't know if this is self-protection, but I try to never pay attention to it in that. Uh, uh, here's a good example. I would very rarely pay attention to Oscar season and it bugs my wife because my wife is a public school teacher and she like, you know, we've been able to like go to some like Hollywood parties and whatever. You know, because like the show that I was on, we got nominated for Emmys or whatever. So we got to like go to a bunch of events related to that. And when you're a public school teacher, the idea of like putting on a nice dress and going to a fun party is fucking awesome. Uh, but for me, it's like going to 13 work Christmas parties in a week. It's it has it, it like it has that level of anxiety to it. And uh and when it comes to the Oscars, so like she would, all, we would end up, she would be like, no, like we have to, I want to go to a fucking party. I want to put on a dress and go have fun. <laughs> like I, I work in a fucking high school and all these kids do is bitch. And I just want to like, I want to just go enjoy myself. So we would end up going, but when it comes to the Oscars, she wants to like get into like who, what, you know, she wants to like do the thing around the Oscars. And I find myself being like, why would I engage with an entire week of people being more successful than me? You know what I mean? Like, I, I like, why would I do that to myself? Jim doesn't want to know there's a good James Bond movie coming out because then he's going to know he didn't get picked as James Bond. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't even get picked. I get as- it. Listen, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to bring this up, but because you brought up your wife, the school she teaches at and going to parties, can you please tell the, when you ran into RFK junior story? Oh God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I uh, was, Randy, at- have you heard this? No, I was at a I was at like a Veep event and I was t- just talking, chatting up a guy that I was standing next to that was a friend of a friend. And uh, uh, he introduced himself and uh, I didn't really it was like kind of a loud party. And I just I got the sense that he was a Kennedy. He was somebody's last name was Kennedy. And uh, I asked him if he knew of my wife uh, teaches or taught at a uh, uh at a public school, an LA public school on the RFK 
Learning Center campus, which is uh, built on the footprint of the old Ambassador Hotel. Uh, so it's like a legendary space. It's a beautiful building that houses a bunch of amazing schools that do amazing work. And uh, the Ambassador Hotel is where RFK was assassinated. Uh, Randy, and Randy's boy, Sirhan Sirhan. Randy's boy, Sirhan Sirhan. And uh, that actually happened in the Coconut Grove. And they actually, so they re, the, the theater where my wife would direct plays and have her classes, because uh, she ran the acting program. It was an LA public performing arts high school, um, was the Coconut Grove. And they had redone it as a proscenium theater and not like a cabaret style. And I was asking him if he knew that, if he knew that building, if he knew that, that space. And he was like, yeah, I actually, I'm on the foundation that uh that you know gave them money to help and i was like oh wow and i was like remind me of your name again um uh, i was like asking him like do you know that building and he was like yeah i know that building and i was like what was your name and he was like robert kennedy jr <laughs> so i was bringing up i was asking him oh do you know that building and that was the building where his father had been killed yeah so I, that is, I've had a lot of awkward party chat before, Yeah, but that one is number one for me. What, what's your, what's your, I mean, unbelievable. How, how do you, what do you do in that situation? I think I'm, I'm faking. Like I got a phone call. I think I'm exiting immediately. <laughs> how, how do you rebound from that? Uh, you, there is no, I think what I did was I said, oh, Wow. <sighs> I wasn't, I wasn't fucking cool about it at all. I wasn't cool about it at all. I don't, I probably, I'm, I'm, I actually, I don't remember really. I think I just blacked out and then talked to everybody, but I talked to the person who knew him and he's been maybe getting a little nutty recently. I don't know if you've seen the news. Uh, uh, he's been maybe getting a little nutty recently. Um, but I was talking to somebody that knew him and they were like, oh, don't worry about it. It happens every single day. Literally every single day of his life, somebody brings up how his father was shot. That's, that so I I ended up not tough. feeling too bad about that yeah. afterwards. I think he's married to Cheryl Hines. He which is, yeah. I didn't realize until somewhat recently. Yeah. About that. Anyways, as we were talking about movies coming well, out. Well, I think I think oh I think yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> again I, yeah. I'm fucking oh god, what a good derailing. Th that oh, was a good one. So, we're so I, far off, this guys. Is, I think I'm I'm putting all my eggs in the Oppenheimer basket for sure. Oh, this god, coming year, yes. Christopher Nolan, Cillian Murphy. Have you have you seen Florence Pugh? I'm just learning is in the movie. Uh -huh. uh, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt. I, it's truly, I think hitters only. The, the, hitters only. Dane DeHaan's in there. Sure. Yeah, I love Dane DeHaan. Uh, I think that'll be next year at earliest. Right. That's gonna be. It's gonna be a oh, while. Out of 2023. I think so. I think they're just like just getting it underway now. I believe. Yeah. I could okay. be wrong. Right. Okay. I think, I think coming out later this year. I got I got three on my list. Okay, what do you got? I got uh, the Northman, uh, oh, Robert, Robert so Eggers good. movie. I know uh, Big T and I early early bonded over the Robert Eggers film, The Lighthouse. Yeah, uh, with Robert Pattinson. Give was, me I like think a, actually, when you were shooting Station Eleven. Maybe you were in. Yeah, no, that was when I was I was in lockdown. Uh, I was it, like not it, like I was in uh, quarantine in Canada to shoot the 10th episode of Station Eleven. That was sort wow. of when we were texting a lot when we read like where all three of us basically all right around then is when we first met. And you said you're like, I don't know if this is going to be a great quarantine movie, but you should check out The Lighthouse. 
and I did. I watched. I slowly going insane. Uh, and in honestly, it really quarters. matched my mood. It was the perfect watch for a quarantine. Uh, so yeah, Robert Eggers, the Northman, really looking forward to that one. What Pumped did, about quick, that one. Well, quick, like one sentence. Like what? What's the basic basic premise? Just you looks know? like kind of a Nordic revenge movie type type okay. thing. Just cool. big action type <laughs> cool, stuff. Cool, 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 Alexander cool, cool. Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe, Bjork is in it. Uh, oh, so hell yeah. Pumped hell about yeah. that. Uh, nope. The Jordan Peele movie with Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. That's kind of a say no more like would watch. Uh, and then uh, the one I, I'm maybe more excited for this than anything, which is going to lead into one of my faves of the past calendar year, uh, unbearable weight of massive talent, the like extremely self-aware Nick Cage, uh, kind of almost like adaptation type, you know, it's about a real person kind of sort of, but it's about a character. I just, I'm so pumped about that. Look up the trailer for that one. Wonderful. Speaking of might be big T, are there any rumblings around Hollywood of, uh, I I read Kaluuya, is that how you pronounce his last name? I think so. Yes. I, I have never attempted. <laughs> Did you see where these stories about how he might be like under the spell of some uh, weird lady? No. Oh, really? Yeah. Would it would encourage you to do a quick Google search of that sometime? Yeah. Okay. People, people are getting a little nervous. I get all my news from the trap draw and I have not. Have yeah, not we, I, I hand up. We have not been monitoring that situation. Yeah, I'd love if you could add that to your list. It's a, yeah, it's a developing situation. We will let yeah. you know more about it as it comes through. I will say that, like, um, I, I make this joke about golf. That golf is like a head case sport. It's a, it's a sport built for head cases. And I don't know why. And actors are all head cases. So I don't know. It's like it's like steering into the curve if you're an actor who plays golf. But like the last couple years, man. If you weren't, if you were already like a little bit crazy, man, last couple of years really just pushed it. You know what I mean? So if there's like a spell, I don't know the story, but like if you were kind of already maybe leaning one direction, last couple of years didn't help. Like it's if somebody was like, oh, yeah, they live on a commune now and it's under the spell of a witch and whatever. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know what yeah. I mean? Not- can I uh, just digging into this big? This is uh, j- news just trickling in from page six. <laughs> uh, insiders are concerned after he jettisoned his agents and publicists and seems to be under the influence of a charismatic, quote, life strategist. Air uh, H- H- Holiness is her name, H E I R, Holiness, uh, called herself Kaluya's personal manager on a now deleted LinkedIn page. Uh, also described it herself as, quote, headmistress for, quote, the international alma mater of uh, Blessed University. Just a lot of a lot of interested stuff. To be honest, we can't figure out who she is. We really have no clue as his as his team has shifted camps. That a well placed source. So yeah, looking forward to Nope coming out because uh, you know maybe we'll get some more intel on the press circuit. Guys, I want to. Here's the thing. I want to be famous enough that where people would believe I want to be able to be famous enough to make that not so that my life is affected. You know what I mean? Like I can't go to the grocery store and I'm not there yet. Like I'm not, I'm not anywhere. I'm not anywhere close, but I don't want my life to be affected like that day to day, but I want to be famous enough to make outrageous demands of people. Mm -hmm. And, and then also to be, I want people to be able to believe that that might be something I would do. Like all that stuff that you just read. If you were like, Hey, did you hear that Tim has a new personal manager and she's like the heiress of the blessed, blessed church? 
of the revelations or whatever, you'd be like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. I heard some stuff about that guy. I heard oh, some stuff about was, that guy. Man. Yeah, he was kind of getting into some weird stuff last time we talked. I, <laughs> that checks, that of, checks uh, out. Remember when uh, there was like a release that went out that Bubba had hired Claude Harmon as his life coach? Seems like a similar similar situation to tie it back to the golf world. I don't Did know if that Bubba, really happened. Yeah, I don't know if Bubba or Claude Harmon or any other golfers are familiar with. Uh, what did I say her name was? Air, Air Highness or Air whatever. Uh, but something to watch. Something to watch. I'm cracking oh, into my wow. second LaCroix. We haven't even gotten into any of these movies yet. I All right. Know. Well, let's, let's hit, let's hit question two. We got, we got seven of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is great. So this oh, is, it's going to plan. This is one we've done each year. And that is your favorite actress from 2021. Now that can be amongst the, the actresses nominated for best actress, which are Jessica Chastain from the eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz from Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart from Spencer. Or it could be somebody totally different. Either of you want to start with your favorite actress from, uh, from this past year? Big T, please. I, 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 this is where that thing that we were talking about early comes in because the only one of these performances I've seen is Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter. And I'm, I, so I can't actually, if you were going to be like, who should win? I, I would have to recuse myself from that conversation because I've only seen why I can be like, well, I mean, you can't go wrong with Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman's amazing. I still have PTSD. I think I, I didn't seek out The Lost Daughter just because of how tough the father was. She was amazing, but it's like, God, I don't know. You know, I still you know, I'm just going to associate you with that really was, tough watch. God, it was so good. I, so here's tough. the thing. I still haven't seen The Father because of the trap draw Oscars pod last year. And the way that you spoke about it, having to like, I, I haven't yet found myself in the right headspace because I know what I'm getting into because of how you guys talked about it. It's it, man. You want to watch a couple people just uh, really exercising the craft. <laughs> yeah. dive in dive in but you want to want you know well it's been a tough couple of years to be really seeking out some devastating content yes oh, but hopkins holy oh shit. it's it's a tour de force and olivia so, coleman as well i mean it's yeah, just right, phenomenal right. but it's tough you can't really go wrong with her and so i mean like if somebody if, if you told me any one of these women won i'd be like yeah that makes absolute sense everybody right. there is legendarily talented but when it comes to like female and this is and i guess this is like a general thing also around oscars is that i think infrequently do the oscars match up with the things that i really liked from the previous year you know what i mean like yeah. i'm not saying that none of these are but it maybe maybe it's just not my taste or maybe i just never saw them but i feel like the Going back through the movies that I did watch this past year, I feel like the female performances that stick out for me, and of course I'm not even gonna, I didn't prepare at all, and so I don't know their names, but are the woman that played the main character in uh, Titan and the woman that played the main character in The Worst Person in the World. Like those are the two female performances that really stuck out to me. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen those movies, but they're they're very very different. Uh, but in watching them, it made me. I, I was like, I don't know how you do that i don't know how you are able to as a human give those two performances you know what i mean yeah those are two at the top of my list i hadn't hadn't seen them I, i'm bummed to say that i hadn't seen them because they both sounded phenomenal uh i had kind of in that similar similar vein of 
Man, that's a tough place to go to. I had uh, Jody Comer from The Last Duel, which... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Randy, I think, was asking me, like, oh, how was it? And I said, rapey. <laughs> Uh, it's oh. just, it's a lot of, it's a, it's, it's tough it's, when that's the, the first word. Watch. The, yeah, tough, the, yeah. Tough, tough, tough watch. Uh, but she was phenomenal. Uh, as was Ben Affleck, as was Matt Damon, as was Adam driver, as was the direction, as was the, you know, just everything about that movie was, was really, really good, except for it was just a really tough, tough, tough watch. Yeah. Uh, but Jody yeah. Comer was phenomenal. And I also, listen, I know this was like, I choose to believe this was like a very uh, self-aware performance uh, and not a cartoonish caricature performance. I thought Lady Gaga and House of Gucci ruled as well. And uh, especially validating after how much I hated uh, A Star is Born, but how much I loved her in it. Uh, it was good to see her run it back with with that one because I had a fucking blast watching House of Gucci. I thought it was so good. I completely agree with that. Whenever people, I don't know, I feel like it just became one of those like internet pile on things where everybody made fun of her accent. I thought she was fucking great. I didn't know anything about that movie going into it. That yeah. was a movie that I saw in the theater. I had a fucking ball. I actually didn't know the story. I didn't, I didn't know either. that that dude died. Yeah. So like I, I was watching it being like, holy fuck, is she going to kill that guy? You know what I mean? Like, I, so I just thought, I mean, I thought it was fucking amazing. Like how, and like the physical transformation to sort of how, you know, light and fun she was at the beginning to this sort of hard edged, very like hard, like, you know, the hair choices that she made throughout. Like I loved that movie. And I love and same deal with Jodie Comer as well. I thought uh, the last duel was, I think, underappreciated for how good it was. I was going to say, are you surprised the last duel wasn't a best picture nominee or or more nominated? I, I kind of was. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it was uh, I feel like it checked all the boxes. Right. I mean, it, it was exceptionally well made and it well acted. And like, like I said, everything kind of seemed like it, it fell in line. It was just, again, it was just a tough watch. There's, I mean, I think there's two or three movies in there that I would for sure replace The Last Duel with. Yes, I, I, I would agree. I just, I don't, I got to tell you, I don't know how, it's a, it's a strange place to be in, in making things in, in this world right now. In that, like just coming off of this job, you have no idea what is going to somehow be thrown above the fray and notice yeah. like there are a million great things that kind of went unnoticed and unwatched. And every once in a while, one of them sort of breaks through all the noise. Sometimes things break through the noise that are bad. Sometimes things break through the noise that are good, but I just, so I don't really know how it works, but it might, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised in that, uh, in that it just didn't have the word of mouth going yeah. into it and sometimes it is just momentum weirdly it just seems to be like momentum and the right pr people behind it and i don't know i'm very cynical about this now of just like you know whenever i see somebody presenting at the oscars i'm not like as much excited for that person as i am just like oh wow good job by their pr team <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. randy what do you got on your list i sheepishly i have not seen any of the movies from which the best actress nominees uh, are from. So big blind spot for me here. I was, I, and we're going to talk about it more when we get into drive my car, but the Korean actress who is, um, who is mute and, and plays uh, a, a mute actress in the movie oh. as well. 
for whatever reason, her name is Park Urim. I just found her so captivating and powerful and like that, that role was really, really, really good. Um, so that's, that's the one I wanted to shout out. Uh, that's a great, that's a really, that's a great pull, Randy. God, I love that. I mean, I think my favorite part of the movie was when she makes that joke about how her husband looks like a potato. (laughs) I mean, it was, I, I howled with laughter. I, I think that's a great pull. That's a great, choice for like uh for like a wonderful female performance yeah that's that's very nice that's very nice uh well let's go to question three then the the flip side uh did you have a favorite actor from this past year and let, let me preface this by saying the official best actor nominees are javier bardem from being the ricardos benedict cumberbatch from the power of the dog Andrew Garfield from Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith and King Richard, and Denzel Washington and the Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, I'll kick it off and say I'm deeply embarrassed that I haven't watched The Tragedy of Macbeth yet. It seems like it checks every box uh, again for me and for whatever reason, just haven't done it yet. So um, that's a blind spot uh, for me. But I think, you know, I was wondering kind of over under on the first time this movie would be mentioned because I'm probably going to bring it up 600 times. I'm going to ride so fucking hard. The most fun I had, the biggest smile I had on my face the whole time watching somebody act. Preach it. This Preach, year it. Preach it. The homie Nick Cage and Pig. I, I oh, absolutely amen. was yeah. derailed, blown away, smiling, laughing, crying. Uh, just uh, exactly as T's dog said there. <laughs> just so, so, so pumped to watch Nick Cage just cook. Uh, no pun intended, but just watch, watching him cook for two hours was just as, as good as it gets, man. So I had him on my list uh, as, as a clear cut. Number one, I had uh, Dev Patel in the green Knight. I thought it was a blast. was yeah. bummed to not see him get uh, nominated and then going back to the well on a uh, house of Gucci. I thought Adam driver was really, really good in that one as well. Kind of carried, you know, he's in basically every scene of that movie. So carrying him I, I would say jared leto uh you know would be an honorable mention for the house of gucci as well i laughed every single time <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna echo your green knight and deb patel thing that was i think the second movie that i saw back in the theater and i saw it um i don't know if anybody if any of your listeners are ever have the ability to go to like an alamo draft house they have one in downtown la the first one i think was out in austin texas um great movie going experience uh big t can i say i watched uh the green night in denver how about uh, that they, they got an alamo out in denver yeah yep oh nice denver yep. on the come up look at you guys hell yeah it's like that was a, like an amazing movie going experience like i actually loved the movie was really surprised it wasn't on the best yeah like best picture nominees because when we talk about like the art of filmmaking like the art of movie making i don't know how you leave the green night off I don't. It and was Deb, truly like stunning in every possible facet. Yes, in every possible facet. So I don't know Deb, if I've seen a cooler looking movie in my whole entire life. Also, uh, colors, just the way they shot everything. I was like, God, I could just look at this movie forever. I had this weird thing where I I was talking to DJ right after the film. I was like, I, I fucking hate it. Like, I don't <laughs> like. What did I just watch? Mm-hmm. And it's it's. I can't think of another film though that giving it 24 hours, hearing DJ's thoughts, reading about it. Like I just, it grew on me to the point where like 48 hours later, I'm like, Oh no, that was really good. Like I just, 
I, I kind of missed that in the moment. I, I, like, I, I got to go back and watch it. I think I remember you reaching out about it or I was like, Hey, Rand, I just saw this movie and like, let me know when you see it. And he's like, Oh, did you like it? I was like, I have no idea. I don't know if I loved it. I don't know if I hated it, uh, but I'd love for you to clear two hours in your calendar next week. So we, so we could discuss because it's, yeah. it, it was a, a hearty, hearty meal to, to go in and take down. I'm going to throw out one. I'm going to throw out a couple just because I don't know if there's, I mean, like Adam driver is honestly like the dude is good in everything. The dude is good in everything that he does. So I'm, I'm not like, and we just kind of say like every year from now until 2075, like, yeah, Adam driver gave one of my favorite, favorite performances that year. Uh, but like there, like, I don't know if you guys saw no sudden move, no. Like Don no. Cheadle and No Sudden Move was. Oh actually, no, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. I did. Yeah, like yes. kind of like a low key. It wasn't like a big movie. It's like a Soderbergh one that got released yes. out on like and like the very movie cool isn't movie. Perfect, but he's great in it. He yeah. gives like he just gives like this real like growly kind of like lived in uh, great performance, which I thought was really good. And I'm gonna ride hard for Statham and also the other Hell the yeah. guy who played. His like the other guy in Wrath of Man, I thought were great performances. And I would I normally be like, hey, Jason Statham gave one of the best performances of the year. But like he was so subdued and he was so not just like trying to be like the caricature of Jason Statham that you might think of. I thought he gave a great performance there. That's wonderful. I uh, I thought getting to the best actor nominees specifically I thought Will Smith was really good in in King Richard. I, I funny anecdote that I know DJ and Tim know, but uh, for the longest time going into these, I'm like, okay, I got to watch, you know, X amount of these films to make sure I've seen them all. I, I, and I think it was like, you know, you have the tragedy of Macbeth and you have this other stuff. I'm like King Richard, like guys, that's just some like Shakespeare remake, King Richard. Okay, I'm gonna have to watch that. <laughs> And then like it, it hit me one night and I was like, guys, holy shit. I've actually seen King Richard. That's the Williams <laughs> sister movie. Uh, so that was a huge relief. I, I thought he was good in that. Um, and then, you know, Benedict was, is, is really good in the power of he the is. dog. I, of course, I yeah. think heavyweight. those two are, are very deserving of, of nominations. I think I haven't seen the other three. I, I think if I had to like pick one, I, I, I would go Cumberbatch probably. Um, but I guess and I, yeah. Can I tell you, according to our, our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, Will Smith currently minus 800 to oh, win. Wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, I feel like... Benedict is plus 450, next next best bet. I mean, I feel like maybe if you want to throw down a couple uh, a couple ducats on, uh, you know, uh, or nuggies, what do you guys call them? Ducats? Nuggies. If you guys want to throw down a couple nuggies, I mean, like, you know, minus 800, yeah, obviously, like, clear, like, you know, front runner but you could always see it going weird like yesterday or last year everybody probably had chadwick boseman yeah um and then i mean like i could see the going cumberbatch just in case you know sure. maybe you want to go for a little bit of a long shot there that, that doesn't, that doesn't hit financial advice i was gonna say if it doesn't hit you can you can find tim on social media and, and <laughs> send really nasty stuff to him uh our fourth question the most fun movie experience you had this year, uh, DJ mentioned it, so I'll, I'll just go ahead with with mine, and that was seeing Pig in the theater. Um, I went with a friend who I think had like no idea what the movie was about or 
I like was just thoroughly confused the whole time. And Pig to me was that movie where I, I love the movies. The last one I explicitly remember is Phantom Thread was the same way where I was laughing at times and looking around the theater like nobody else was laughing. And it just was such a weird, wild, wonderful movie. Um, and I, I can say definitively, I think, the, the most fun movie experience I had this past year. I would second that. I, I would say uh, I, I definitely felt the same way on Pig. That's top of my list. It was fun just from a big, loud watch explosions and like beautiful people go run around and shoot guns on the screen. The James Bond movie is always hard to beat. I had a yeah. blast. I had a blast watching that. Uh, and then the other one just kind of sneaking in under the radar. I don't really know how like the cutoffs work, but uh, Tim and I were were sidebarring on this because I don't think you had seen it yet, Randy. But I had a fucking blast watching Batman. Also, the Batman. Oh God! Uh, just a true smile on the face for for three hours. It was three <laughs> hours. Was and awesome. I was telling, we, I I saw it with uh, with my wife Annie, and on the way home we were talking about it, and I was like, I don't. Uh, it works so well, but I don't know if you, like if your audience understands how hard it is to speak that slowly <laughs> every single scene it was like the director came in and was like yeah 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 i know you think you're saying the line slowly enough but i need it at least to take twice the amount of time every single i mean like the movie is probably an hour and 10 minutes long if you just speak <laughs> at a normal pace and I fucking love that he was like, no. And when we talk about like the future of movies, that was a thing that I was thinking about watching the Batman, like where it was like, I don't know if the Batman needs to be three hours long, but the future of movies kind of seems to be either, or at least to me. And again, I'm very, very stupid. It seems to be either gigantic, big shit like the Batman that is an entire Dude. evening. Yeah. Or worst person in the world indie theater like it seems like it like it like like so many other things like the erosion of the middle class it is going to be the two extremes of either very small theater experiences or very big theater experiences yeah and those mid-range movies you probably won't you'll probably see at home that's my guess that's my guess but i don't know i'm very stupid help me on the batman i don't really know why it was made what it like is it different so i really enjoyed the the nolan batman trilogy right why did we need another batman so soon what 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 is going on with with this batman movie oh we know we well I'll, I'll start here and to say that we didn't need it okay nobody nobody but needs. it's good i'm, I'm glad it's to hear it's great. good maybe i need yeah. to watch it i, I it just loved, has not been on my radar i loved the nolan batmans as well I, I I don't have a good answer for you outside of the fact that outside of the fact that you, people love money and Batman makes money. So like they're really that's the only answer okay. to that question. It just also happened to be very good. I think I would echo that. I would ask the same question, Randy. Uh, I totally skipped over all the Zack Snyder Mm-hmm. and Affleck stuff uh, just didn't really I, as did I speak to me uh, I wouldn't say uh, but I think it's it's when you really break it down it's kind of like asking you know like well why do we need more like James Bond movies it's like I don't know because they're fucking sick man yeah it's like <laughs> like we need something to watch okay and, so, I don't know, shit I, fucking whips let's I don't know, release it it fucking whips yeah well and so this, I, what I loved okay. about it 
was seeing, uh, my wife did a, a good job. We had an awesome convo about it. She did a, a good job of kind of painting some of the color into of like, it's just fun. It's gotten to the point now with Batman where I think, and I'm sure it's always been like this for people who have, you know, been much deeper into like the, the Michael Keaton stuff and the Val Kilmer stuff and all the, all the other Batmans and like seeing other people kind of take it on. It's just, we have such a like big, uh, batch of context around Batman now that it's fun to see someone else do it. Right. And fun to see like what Robert Pattinson did and what was different about him and, and fun to see how uh, the director did it and what, you know, what choices he made versus the other ones. It's almost like a, you know, like <laughs> it's a stretch, but it's almost like the like Shakespearean interpretation, right? Like what, what is uh, one director pick out versus another? And yeah, uh, this one, there were just a lot of like really different choices made, whether it's like not a spoiler or anything, but the, the Christian Bale Batman that I absolutely loved that Christopher Nolan had was this weird, like playboy, almost American psycho style style guy like Bruce Wayne out in, you know, out in the going to the parties, talking to RFK Jr. Things of that, nature. <laughs> things of that nature. And then Batman is, you know, this like kick ass superhero. Like that's really fun. The Batman that we see in the Batman, Robert Pattinson is much more just like, no, he's like a brooding fucked up guy who just like puts on a suit and punches people at night. And like, that's also, also really cool. And so, you know, you contrast that with like the old Adam West stuff where it's like all goofy and funny. And it's more like a, you know, looks like Austin powers more than like Batman. And so it's just, it's just fun to see uh, the different ways that it evolves. What I'm not really into, if I'm being totally honest, what I, what I love about the, what they're doing with Batman is just like, make a couple of movies completely blow it up and start over. What I don't love is just, just, you know, we're going to make 17 parts of the Avengers and all the other like Marvel shit yeah. that I'm like, yeah, I'm, you can take all, all that, all that away. I'm glad people seem to love it. That's, that's great. Uh, glad a lot of actors seem to be absolutely just getting the bag. Uh, oh my those, God. In those films, but I, I will not be participating. Thank you. What a, what a great way to get in shape. Can you imagine? <laughs> I like truly it got, I mean, like, again, like I, I've, I've watched a lot of my watch with my kids. I've seen a lot of the Marvel movies in, you know, I, I, again, it's maybe just not for me and that's okay. Like I enjoy them. They're not my favorites, but I certainly enjoy them. Sure. Um, but I, I don't get like, it, that's just me. Like I get personally way more excited to see the worst person in the world in the theater than I do like with the, the new Marvel movies. And it is always funny to see that like every four months, some for some reason everybody has to argue about Martin Scorsese and <laughs> and the Marvel movies as if Martin Scorsese just isn't right. Like he's right. It, I know that you guys all want to argue and relitigate this, but like the <laughs> dude's been right since the beginning. You know what I mean? What was uh very and maybe this kind of slowly starts pushing us towards some of the best picture stuff is uh, one of my favorite quotes of the year was uh, Paul Thomas Anderson coming out and be like, oh yeah, Venom Two was sick. Like it was, <laughs> which was, which was almost more like, oh, okay, cool. So there, there's some gray area here. We can, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be super black and white. But yeah. he's like, oh yeah, no, it was dope. We watched it with the kids. It was great. Uh, like that. <laughs> I probably won't seek it out, but you know, that was that was funny to to see the other side. <laughs> to to tie bow on the Batman stuff, I was curious if either of you guys saw because I don't think we're gonna like talk about the movie, but I know people genuinely loved it. But it's just not something I'm interested in was Spider-Man No Way Home and whether okay Big T did you are you a Spider-Man guy did you see that 
I, uh, I've seen all of the Tom Holland Spider-Mans. I think they're really fun. Uh, I went and saw No Way Home with the kids. I didn't, I don't think I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I really, I thought all the stuff with the three spoiler that all three Spider-Mans show up. I thought that stuff was all really fun. Um, but I don't, uh, it didn't land uh, for me in the same way that it landed for other people. I feel like some, uh, some people were like, why wasn't this nominated for Best Picture? And I, I don't know. I didn't go there with them, but I, I still enjoyed it. It was really fun. You know, Zendaya yeah. is awesome. Spider-Man. Like, you can't get Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Yeah, Spider-Man is great. Uh, Big T, we need to put you on the record here before uh-huh. we get to question five. Yeah. Thumb up or thumb down the movie A Star is Born? Ooh, you know what? I'm going to disappoint you guys. Thumbs up. And Ooh, nobody God. was nobody. It's okay. Nobody was more surprised about that than me. <laughs> I went. I was like, I'm not going to see this movie because I, I will hate that movie. That was not made for me. And I just, I was. I think it had a lot to do with Lady Gaga's performance. Um, I thought she was incredible, uh, and I, I just thought that it was really well done. Like, I, I if you pointed out everything that you hated about it, I would probably be like, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about everything that you don't like about it, except for the fact that I just thought it was good and I liked being in front of it and I was moved by it. I really was. It sounds like it fits in, you know, it's hard to square, hard to square this with the, with the Wreck-It Ralph crying on the plane. You know, I think they're just getting to you. You need to put up a little more repression, a little more, a little stronger facade. Get, get down in the cynical world with me and Big. Well, question five, uh, it, it's not going to hit the same as it does for DJ and I, but question five is our, our uh, A Star is Born Award for 2021. And in other words, what is a movie that everybody seemingly really liked and enjoyed that you just absolutely want to dump on? <laughs> Are you going to kick it off, Tim? You, you think about it a little bit? Do you want, uh, if I'm going to kick this off, I feel like out of all the, like, I, I think, uh, albeit I didn't, I, I think that Coda was a movie that I, I feel like a lot of people have been enjoying that didn't work for me. Sure. Um, but uh, I, um, but I do think that there are a lot of positives about the movie, but I think that that was one that's one that just didn't didn't land that didn't land with me the same way that it landed for other people as a as a whole. I think there are individual things about it that are very good. Uh, so that's that's one that didn't land for me. How about you guys? Uh, I would say, well, first of all, I want to uh, <laughs> the trepidatious territory, but I want to give uh, credit to. Uh, who was it? Sam Elliott, I believe, who went, nobody went harder on the, the <laughs> Stars Board Award than Sam Elliott did on the Mark Marin pod uh, talking about power of the dog. Uh, I am not condoning. I'm not condoning, nor do I agree with uh, anything he said. But that was ready. I think when, when we come up with this award, I think that's kind of what we're looking for is yes. uh, you can potentially you know look up some of his quotes if if you like. Not a fan. Not a not fan. A fan. Can you know? I, we've talked about this before. I think about how like Twitter generally is just a bunch of people failing a Rorschach test. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's people are like you know like that joke of like uh, how was therapy today? And you're like, oh, it's terrible. The guy just showed me a bunch of pictures of my parents fucking. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yes. And like that was the biggest fucking Rorschach test fail. He's like, why was it all so? 
repressed homosexual. And it's like, my dude, did you not fucking listen or look at anything? It's the least subtle thing about that movie is the repressed homosexual storyline. I mean, there's a fucking Bronco Henry Sibian machine set up in the fucking in the barn. There's just a fucking saddle sitting right in the fucking middle of the barn. At one point, Benedict Cumberbatch is jamming a six foot uncircumcised dick of a of a fence post into the ground in between his legs. And we're like, I wonder what this movie's about. (laughs) That was that was one of my highlights, I think, of, of uh, early this year when you texted me that screenshot. Just like, yeah, did you get it? <laughs> did you, did you, yeah, no, I got it, man. I got it for sure. I uh, yes. So you're absolutely right that my God, Sam Elliott went so hard on failing that Rorschach <laughs> test. So I, I want to give. I need to start my nomination with a, a nod to what might turn out to be the goat, uh, the goat award giving award presentation. <laughs> Of the stars born award uh i would say for me i, I don't it's kind of a hard one because i don't think there's any like universal favorites that i would love to to dump on i think there were plenty of plenty plenty of people who would agree with me on this one but uh don't look up i think for me was one that i walked out of the theater and was just like oh dog that's that's not it i'm i'm felt like a waste of a uh a leo movie you know we only get so many leo movies and mm-hmm. it's kind of a bummer to to watch him uh, do that one, honestly, was was my chief takeaway. So that would be my my award nominee this year. I will preface mine by saying nothing came close to the the hatred that I felt for Nomadland last year. So I, I at least have that going for me. But mine was West Side Story. Just sure. okay. The 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 music I didn't find like good. Uh, the story was a bit like weird and like bad i thought in parts Might we can take that with bill shakespeare yeah we well we can dive <laughs> to all of that but like dude your boyfriend murdered your brother and you're just gonna like sure. that doesn't even affect you or anything i i don't know i yeah. am interested to talk about that one i am interested to talk about that one because i i, I yeah that i'm i don't uh, I don't disagree, uh, but I think that there is a larger conversation about what okay. you have because I had that same conversation with myself. I'm interested to talk about that one with you. Okay, well let's let's table that. Um, flip side, any movies that you're like, man, why I really like that. I can't understand why either the critics or why it wasn't more popularly uh, received. And I, I guess I'll start with I, I think it's probably very easy, but like Pig, I thought. Had that been a best picture nominee, I'd been like, hell yeah, it deserved it. That that was honestly, I thought, if not the best, one of the best movies I saw all year. I of course would echo that. I'll I'll we brought it up already, but we didn't really go too deep into it. Uh we'll talk about the Green Knight again as just mm-hmm. a challenging, weird, interesting, fascinating, beautiful movie that again just like seems like it checks so many of the boxes, similar to the last duel, but I liked it 50 times more than than the last duel. Uh as a movie that like, man, if this isn't getting nominated, like I don't totally know what we're doing. And a little bit of the, the kind of synopsis, just so people, if, if you want to seek it out, I mean, it's, it's a medieval story about, is it King Arthur's nephew? I believe is, is Dev Patel's role, uh, a guy trying yeah, yeah. to kind of 
forge his own way, trying to make his own name for himself. And the movie is essentially about uh, a a somewhat kind of mythical character that kind of intrudes and challenges people to a, a, a duel of sorts. And there's some repercussions. If you take that duel, Dev Patel chooses to take that duel. And the whole movie is about him uh, kind of dealing with consequences of that. And just a lot of a lot of weirdness that pops up, a lot of like oh. insanely tough kind of metaphors to crack, a lot of uh, shape-shifting characters kind of moving into uh, other roles. It's one that you, you have to watch about 30 times, I feel like, before, before you'd really crack it. And I'm sitting here as someone who's only seen it once, but all I'm doing is like dying to watch it again. So... Uh, if that doesn't, if that's not a ringing endorsement, I, I don't know what is because there's, as I said up top, a bunch of movies of the ten on this list that like I'm good, I don't need to see again. I, I think uh, I could summarize the Green Knight with <laughs> Tim, what, Tim what, said what? this on text. The Green Knight is basically fuck around to see what happens. Well, yeah, yeah, fuck around to say, find out. <laughs> what, what are the biggest own goals of this or any time? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> truly, truly a, uh, you know, a reap and sow situation. <laughs> me, re- <laughs> me sowing. Oh, hell yeah. Me reaping. This sucks. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you'll know, you'll get it when you see it. I mean, like, it's such a, I mean, like, I fucking love a movie that puts that much art and then three dummies <laughs> distill it down to a fucking meme tweet. Oh, what the fuck? That's so good. Oh, I feel so bad. Maybe the worst I've felt for somebody in 2022 thus far, movie wise, is Neil uh, going back to our airplane conversation. Neil was like, oh, man, he's like, yeah, (laughs) we landed at like, I forget where we were even coming back from. We landed at like midnight and we're driving home from the airport. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was watching the Green Knight on the plane. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. Like, there's like two other people, three other people in my life that I've talked to this movie about that's actually seen this. And he's like, yeah, but like the the plane landed. And so I didn't see the last like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. <laughs> That's so he's like, again, anybody who's like seen the movie or when you do see the movie, super important. The last, <laughs> the last 10 minutes, I think you, you kind of got to have those. It's a pretty big missing piece. So uh, RIP Neil He's like, well, what happens? So I'm like, well, I Oh, I don't Christ. Think I can really sum it up. Man. I don't think you can really sum it up. We can with fuck around and find out. But like, obviously, there's a lot more that goes into that. I, I uh, this is going to be a little bit of a of a of a sidebar, but I saw uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid when I was, you know, whatever, I don't know, 15 or something, but or 12 uh, a long time ago. But I wasn't watching it with anybody. My parents were just like, oh, we think you'd like that. This why don't, why don't you watch this? And then there's that raindrops keep falling on my head segment where it's kind of like a big montage. And I, I was like, oh, the movie's over. <laughs> And I thought it just ended with this montage of like Redford and that girl, like chilling out, riding around the carriage, kind of falling in love. I was like, okay, that's a weird movie. I turned it off. And then for like the next 15 years, people would be like, oh, that's like the end of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And I'd be like, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. They went around in a carriage together. I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like it was a reference that totally didn't make sense uh, because I just never actually seen the end of the movie. It's like turning old turning old yeller blower. off 10 minutes before <laughs> and go, yeah i guess the dog just lives and really happy i i miss a god big t like neil neil is i think neil neil got into like a, a discussion of once upon a time in hollywood and then like towards the end was like well i didn't see the second half i i watched the first <laughs> oh, half on a plane 
I've never, never saw the second half. More insulted and frustrated my entire <laughs> life. As I'm just laying out like, no, I think this is what this character means. This is what this is about. This is their motivation. I this, I love this movie. I've seen it five times, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, I just didn't really like it. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, okay, well, let's talk about it. Well, I didn't see the second half. I'm like, oh. It was devastating. <laughs> I don't know Neil super well. We have hung out. We played Settlers of Catan late. <laughs> Uh, our man was getting after it. Your boy, Neil, was getting <laughs> after it. Uh, and But one thing that it does seem like both from the parasocial relationship that I have with him and also from the sort of brief actual social relationship that I have with him is that he is absolutely the kind of guy that will argue the merits of a movie having only seen half of it. For sure, which is both... I- extremely admirable and also <laughs> and, extremely and frustrating. so frustrating. <laughs> Depends whether you're on his side or against him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. Our last question. In summation, go see the Green Knight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go see the, the whole thing. Knight. Watch the whole thing. Uh, our, our last question before we dive into the, the Best Picture nominees. Was there a movie that you watched this year that you really loved and want to shout out that wasn't made this year? So thinking, obviously, uh, an, an older movie that for whatever reason, you know, you, you saw this year for the first time. Uh, Tim, what was that movie you told me to watch at uh, at Pinehurst with Roy Scheider? Oh, Sorcerer. Sorcerer was fucking sick. That was a great, great, great recommendation. Uh, basically about a couple guys, uh, I forget, down in Central America. Yeah. Uh, trying to kind of like these mercenary type guys that are trying to disappear, trying to get enough money to get out of their life, get back to their real life, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they just got a cart around a, uh, a literal truck full of nitroglycerin. And it's just what a thrill ride, man. Holy smokes. Uh, edge of my seat the whole time. I, 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 great recommendation. Had a blast watching that. It is uh, it is my absolute favorite movie. It was directed, I, th- I can't remember, it came out sometime late 70s, um, uh, directed by William Friedkin, who did The Exorcist and who did uh, 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 French Connection. He also directed Blue Chips, the Shaquille O'Neal Penny Hardaway. <laughs> yeah, I would, nobody is more, yeah. I'm a, so anyway, this, yeah, they are basically the entire thing is here's this unstable dynamite and you have to drive it 200 miles. It's the most <laughs> stressful fucking movie. There are a bunch of ones I would throw out there because that's been my jam this past year of watching stuff that I either hadn't seen or rewatching stuff. So I'm going to throw out just some names. Big Trouble in Little China. Rewatch that. Fucking amazing. Delicatessen, which is like a weird French movie about like a post-apocalyptic town where uh, the deli guy is uh, chopping up people and feeding them to the town. And it's very, very weird. Um <laughs> Uh, Joe, Joe Dorowski's Dune, which is a documentary about a guy that wanted to make Dune. Paris is Burning, which is about the old school like drag uh, drag community in the 1970s in New York City. It's unbelievable. Um, Heaven Knows What, which is Benny and John Safdie's like, first big movie, I think. Uh, the original Halloween by John Carpenter I had never seen. Went and got into that. Um, uh, also, Prince of Darkness. I've done a real big John Carpenter kick. Prince of Darkness, incredible John Carpenter movie. Um, that is that's those are the ones that I would say. Oh, and uh, 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 the Last Picture Show, uh, Bogdanovich. Yeah. I think doing like oh, R.I.P. If you watch Last Picture Show and Paper Moon back to back, you're going to be like, oh, I think Bogdanovich might be a goat. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's up there. Those are the ones I throw out. Randy, 
Oh shit. That's well, that's hard for me to follow. Mine's not nearly as uh sophisticated. <laughs> I, I had two that Avatar. <laughs> yeah, I mean I actually have not seen that one yet. Uh, <laughs> Avatar two coming out, I saw. And I a, and I have pledged to, to finally watch The Godfather um soon. Wait, can we do a Godfather, Godfather Perfect Club? 50th anniversary. I would I love know, you yes. know what we should do? Let's put this on the calendar. I would love a reaction. Randy watches The Godfather for the first time podcast would be a blast i'd be a hundred percent down to jump in for that special guest <laughs> if you want to just be there holding the hands with him but you just want people to like come in and out like i'd I, any anywhere anytime you need for that i'm down why is it so dark the whole time can't fucking see anything um <laughs> uh, the the two i had written down the alpinist which is oh, kind of a awesome. documentary um about uh a climber mark andre uh oh god what's his name leclerc i think right Mark Andre Leclerc, yeah, yeah, Canadian climber. It's um, basically the uh, mountain climbing version of sorcerer, is what I would say. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> I, I did, extremely stressful, extremely stressful, but awesome movie. I, I did not know what it really was about. Um, whenever I go back to Cincinnati, there's a fun little theater in Marymount. My mom and I will always go watch a movie, and so this was one of the ones that um, I, I got her to watch this one with me, and. It was just a tour de force. I mean, I think at times both of us kind of had vertigo and were like very uncomfortable with some of the climbs and and what was going on. Almost uh, a movie you don't want to watch on a big screen. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Just a wild, uh, interesting story. So that that was one. And then I, I, I think anytime on that note, sorry, anytime you have Alex Honnold in the front of the movie, basically yeah. saying like, oh, like you guys saw like what I do in, in that other documentary movie. Free like, solo. It, yeah. This is the shit that like, I would never, ever try. Oh God. <laughs> like that's who we're profiling today. Oh God. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. No, no, that's exactly <laughs> right. And and that yeah. was the exact moment where I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whoa. Okay. He was like, yeah, no, this guy's nuts. This, yeah. <laughs> I, I would never do what this guy's doing. Um, and my whole takeaway from free solo was like, that guy's fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, the other one I had was speaking of Guy Ritchie. I saw The Gentleman, which came out in 2019, uh, stars Matthew McConaughey. Just kind of a fun crime story. Uh, I really like McConaughey. I, I don't know. It was just weirdly was like a lot of fun one night watching it. I, I kind of stumbled into it and, and wanted to give that a shout out. So um, that was that was the other one I had picked for this. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who 